dropping the hammer! No, you're not! Hello, and welcome to the latest episode of Dropping the Hammer with Dan McFadden. I am Dan McFadden. Uh, welcome to episode, what is it, Crow 7? It's episode 7. Episode 7 of this grand podcasting experiment that we have. We are, yeah, but I'm Dan McFadden, and introduce yourself, Crow. Hello, I am Crow, <laughs> as Daniel calls me, or James, which is my actual first name. Feels, it feel weird calling any you by anything other than Crow. <laughs> you're just not, you're not a James. Yeah. Like, I, I, I can't see you, like, you need to be, like, in a suit to be a James, I think. Yeah, and I don't even tuck my shirts in, so. <laughs> no, you, 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 know, you got a full full beard, so, um, yeah, you're, you're a crow, so. All right, post-Phoenix, uh, we're now five races into the uh, NASCAR season, uh, specifically the NASCAR Cup Series season. Uh, Martin Tricks Jr. was the winner Sunday on the one-mile track in Avondale, Arizona. Uh, his first win of the season and his first win since June of last year at Martinsville. Almost 30 races without a win for the 2017 champion? Former champion, Martin Tricks Jr. First off, Crow, uh, just give give uh, your, your thoughts on how everything played out for 312 laps Sunday. You know, I'd say it's another good race, which is, again... You know, I feel like this is what I'm saying every week. You know, I'm not looking forward to a track, but then the race is very competitive and mm-hmm. you know, has some kind of interesting quirks to it, and uh, it, it, it turns into a fun race. I tweeted this Sunday. It's like usually Phoenix is the race at you know at this point in the season where I'm like, thank goodness we're finally past Phoenix because it's it's always been kind of like this. We got to go there. And it was no. This was not a bad race. Um, it was not, you know, the most action-packed race of all, except for you know, re- like restarts, um, which we'll get into. But Truex, uh, he he didn't dominate the race. Uh, actually, that was Joey Logano. Uh, he dominated the race, but Logano finished second to Truex after uh, Truex led, led 64 laps, including the final uh, 25. Uh, Logano himself. Led 143. So, Logano was my pick to win the race beforehand because he won this this one last year. But yeah, uh, it was Truex who yeah who had a a, a late pass and kind of ran away with it. He he this was his first win on that track, and he said himself, you know, afterwards uh, that Phoenix isn't a track that he ever considers that he's going to go and dominate. He doesn't have warm and fuzzy feelings about it. Um, but yeah, he he went out and got it, and so we now have. Um, through five races, five different winners this season, and each of those winners got their respective first win on each track. So um, we haven't had anyone, anybody repeat, and we haven't had anyone win at a track for a second or third time or whatever. I thought for the longest time that we were going to have the first uh, second win of the season driver with uh, either uh, Chase Elliott or um, Kyle Larson, because they were just insanely fast they kept making yeah. mistakes that would put them in the back of the field but then they would make it right back to the front like it was nothing Elliot, like he was near the front but he, he never let a lap he yeah. was never really any contention but yeah i thought larson was gonna reach up there and um make make his presence known but you know when you have two speeding penalties 
Yeah. Well, on top of having to start from the rear for inspection failures. Yeah, uh, I'd say the the biggest <laughs> failure is just the Hendrick like organization because they had three cars that had to start in the back. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I think they had collectively th- at least three uh, pit road speeding penalties. Larson had two, and uh, Chase Elliott had one. Like, yeah, like the day before, uh, uh, it was Byron and Larson who had to go start from the rear f- for inspection failures. And Elliott, they went to the back be- just because they made some adjustment that that NASCAR didn't approve of. But yeah, Larson was in second, um, and he was cutting the lead into Logano's lead there at a certain point, and then uh, I believe a caution came out, and then there was the speeding penalties. So yeah, that's not a track I would have expected. Just like last week at Las Vegas. Not a track I would have expected Larson to, um, you know, really have a say in, but he's got, uh, I believe, five... I wrote about this in my column today for Front, for front Stretch, uh, which we'll publish tomorrow. He has five straight top tens at Phoenix, yeah. not, not counting last fall when he wasn't in the race. Yeah, I, I briefly mentioned this, but the I think the, the key moment for, like, what set up the end of the race and kept Larson from being a contender was... Uh, that block, like on the last restart, with uh, was it Kozlowski or yeah, Kozlowski uh, bl- um, blocked Kyle Larson and just completely destroyed his momentum. And then Chase Elliott caught up with him, and they just neither one could get past him. And then eventually Kevin Harvick was able to get up there and uh, get past Larson, uh, putting him back at seventh. Right up until that moment, like it to me, it just felt like they were gonna be. At least in the top four, if not, you know, top three. Yeah, I don't specifically remember what happened on the last one. I I remember when when Truex first took the lead from Logano, it was like this sense of uh, where did he come from? Uh, because he had been up there in the top five, but it's like all of a sudden he was on top of Logano, and then he just kind of took the lead. And then you know after that last restart, he, yeah, he took yeah. the lead for good. Yeah, it was so it was the last restart and. Like Kyle Larson comes in and he is just flying, like he's about to just fly past uh, um, Kozlowski and Kozlowski and he's on the bottom and, and, and he just drops down to the bottom. I think I might remember. Yeah, and uh, so. Larson just had to basically. I don't, I don't know if he had to get on the brakes, but he slowed way down, and he, he never got his momentum back after that. He just spent the rest of the race right. trying to get past him and then try and then fighting with Elliott and then uh, Harvick. There, there, there was a lot of talk. Um, in the post-race press conferences about, uh, I don't know how much, how much you're aware of the PG one traction compound crow. Um, they, I just know they that they talked a whole lot about it during the race. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, yeah, uh, uh, a few years ago, P- PJ one traction, um, it was first introduced, I believe at Bristol motor speedway where they applied it to the bottom groove in the turns uh, because for years, uh, basically the, the preferred racing groove was right up along the wall going through the turns and people wanted them to be racing down on on the bottom and, you know, bumping each other and stuff like that, ca- causing mayhem. And so they did that, and now they've applied it at other tracks, like Pocono, uh, New Hampshire. They haven't, they haven't done Dover, but they do it here at Phoenix and a couple others. But it's basically, the intent behind it is, is to, as Dan- Denny Hamlin said last night, was to give drivers options when it comes to where you want to race. But... Is kind of what played out um, yesterday. Is like they they put that that sticky substance up in the upper grooves at Phoenix instead of the bottom ones, and because it's up there, that's now the preferred groove instead of the bottom groove. 
But if you took away that sticky substance, the bottom would be the preferred. So it's like a catch-22 with um, uh, that substance. Either it's there, and it's actually the preferred groove, or it's not there. So th there's a lot of talk right about what to do with the PJ-1 there. Hamlin suggested, you know, it just comes down to how much you apply it. And just like where specifically, I think I think at one point he said that like it when they first did it there, it was actually applied slightly higher, but that's not the case anymore. Uh, you also want to talk about the chaotic restarts, grow. Oh yeah, well specifically you know talking about the multiple grooves. Um, so at the um, very start of the race, uh, mm -hmm. you know, like the race was kicked off with um, was it Kis I think it's Kozlowski. Yeah. Uh, like just dove down, almost clipped the end of the pit um, pit road wall, yeah, and and took way down on the apron and <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, and it, it was it crazy. Was, it was a, it was it was a, it was the dive it was a dive bomb start to the finish start to the race for yeah. sure. And it um, became how you start on the inside for the rest of the race. <laughs> oh no, and and, it, and on some level it didn't even work. Uh, because, I mean, Kazowski led the first two laps, but after yeah. that, um, uh, Hamlin took the lead and led for thirty-one until the the competition caution. So, <laughs> it's, but no, no, that, I mean that's that's what the, that's part of the reason. Like like I told you last week, that's part of the reason they swapped um, the front stretch and back stretch. Is that you'd have this insane restart situation to start the race, and then every single one after that. Um, and it, they, they, they just fan out, they cause, cause chaos, and then, like, you know, at the end of the Xfinity race Saturday, um, it causes, you know, mayhem and cars getting together and getting up into the fence, and then Austin Cindric running away with a win. Um, so, it, it, it's thrilling to watch, um, because uh, you, you never just know who, how many position someone's going to advance if someone's going to be able to keep the lead or whatnot um it's it's really good eye candy i think it also makes it it adds a lot more interesting strategy now that they're doing the lane choice for restarts yeah. because mm -hmm. now you have the option do you try to go the high line do you do you do you feel like you have enough acceleration to take that bottom line and make it work yeah, but yeah, I mean, like if you're yeah if you're in the, the, the top lane, you can't do what Kozlowski did. <laughs> you yeah. can't just like like whip it out. You have to because you you'll wreck someone if you do that. Yeah. So um so strategically, like if I'm any driver, yeah, I'm going to choose that inside lane so I have a clear shot down the dog leg. But I think that specifically made the racing really interesting, especially with the re you know with the restarts. Um, I think. Just incidentally, but both in the staging, the competition cautions, and the few like legitimate cautions that there were, were spaced out just right to keep the racing interesting. Well, a lot of people like kind of came to the realization in the middle of stage two that stage two is 115 laps, which is a lot, uh, because before 2020, the second stage was only 85 laps, and so they changed it going to the 2020 season, but I... I looked it up yesterday. I think, like, last year, basically both Stage 2s um, ended under caution, I believe. That kind of, like, I think played into maybe people's, you know, how they comprehended the length of that stage. 
it, yeah. being 115 laps. And I don't think there was a... How many cautions were there in stage two? Okay, now there's one. There was one. And that was on lap 90 to lap 98. And then... Then we went to the, all the way to lap... So we basically went 100 laps with no caution. It was a really long stage, and I, I prefer... But to have slightly longer stages, I think all stages should be longer than a fuel run on some yeah. on some level. Yeah. Um, the, the first stage kind of takes that out of the equation with the competition caution because we don't have practice. I, for that, I'm glad there's that there's a long stage like that. So we, we got to see green flag pit stops, and we got to see Kyle Larson speed on pit road. <laughs> 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 but yeah, what, what else about... Phoenix did that to you. Those are the main things, okay. you know, that you know come up. I think that a lot of it was just there are those unique features, and then just incidentally the timing of things um, worked out mm-hmm. well to keep things interesting. You know, there was a a good churn of people that were kind of racing up front. You know, there was some, there was times when you had like you know people like Bubba Wallace that looked like they may be able to make a good run. Oh no, yeah, he he yeah. like. For the first part of the race, he was like 15th, 16th, and then all of a sudden, I think at the start of the first stage, he was all of a sudden in 11th. I was like, oh boy. And then he, he get got 10th, then he got 8th, and then he got Kevin Harvick and Ryan Blaney in one turn to, to get to 7th, which was very impressive. And then the caution came out. Then, then they, uh, <laughs> the pitch strategies did not work out well. For the, for the 23 team. Yeah, they, um, they seem to be taking some risks that haven't paid off. Um, they, they, they were they were out there, I believe they were out there on seven lap tires. Yeah. And so they decided yeah. to stay out um, and try to run up front. And they well, did pretty well, um, but then yeah, just they, they eventually back. fell back, yeah. Well, like, one reason they did that is because on the previous pit stops under green, um, when he, 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 got, he got up to where he was basically second to Martin Truex Jr. in the middle of green flag pit stops, and then they pit on the same lap. And then the way Truex came out, he came out and he was going to retake the lead once everything cycled through. But Bubba lost spots. Like, he, he was back in the yeah. lower top ten. So they, they wanted to do something that would keep them back up towards the front, and it didn't work out. Um, and Mike, Mike Wheeler... Uh, tweeted last night about the reasoning why they, they did that. It, it makes sense why they tried, um, but yeah. it just didn't work work out. Yeah, the, the other big pit stop change was uh, Logano had that just insanely fast pit stop that put him in the lead. Um, towards the end. It, was towards the, it wasn't the last round of pit stops that was towards the end. And that was... Uh, I think that was a big game changer. And it really... I think it, it, it definitely... Uh, I'm guessing it was definitely a big morale boost for his team. Well, I, I'm I'm not. I'll admit, I'm when it comes to pit stops, I usually kind of tune out during pit stops. I mean, I'm not ignoring them completely, but I'm not like paying attention to like the actual length of the the pit stop unless something that something's abnormal. Yeah. Um. That that's when that's when I really pay attention because really with with lane choice that we have now, we're the way you get out of the pits doesn't really have as much meaning as it did before lane choice that, 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 that that's at least part of my reasoning so yeah. um man logano at one point uh his power steering just crapped out on him um for some reason and they he didn't know why but then it it fixed itself so and he was able to keep that um top two finish so 
that was the first oval race with the 750 horsepower pa- horsepower package, aka the low down force package. Uh, we won't get that again until uh, next month at Martinsville on short track. So we're going to back to a 550 horsepower package this weekend at uh, Atlanta, and then after that, it's dirt racing, baby, at Bristol. Yeah, uh, first, I'm excited. Oh, it, oh, it's it's Pandora's box. Um, it could be bad. It could be awesome. But I'm going. I'm just yeah. I'm excited to watch first dirt race and cup in fit fifty years. So, all right. I think uh, you know what it's time for now, Crow. McDowell Watch. So, all right. Daytona 500 winner uh, Michael McDowell uh, started Sunday's race in uh, Phoenix in 23rd. Wait, no, wait. Did he start? No, wait, never mind. He started, my bad. He started 16th. 16th, yeah. Started 16th. Finished stage 1 in 21st. Uh, Finished stage 2 in 26th. Uh, He had a speeding penalty in the middle of the final stage. But he was able to bounce back from that in a way, and he finished 23rd. Uh, he matched his results at Phoenix last fall. Yeah, not not, not the best of days for McDowell, but um, like like I said last week, his previous best finish there was 16th twice. So, uh, so yeah, finishes 23rd through five races. Uh, McDowell is 11th in points, uh, though he's like 5th on the playoff grid. There wasn't a whole lot to, to write home for uh, the the number thirty four team. Uh, here here's his quote from post race. Wait, wait uh, before, before you get into that, he didn't have to write home because this was a was homecoming he? for him. There, there, there you go. Is. There you go. Oh yes, yes. He, this was a home race for the the uh, Arizona native. Um, actually, basically, he's also a Phoenix native for the most part. Um, but yeah, the home, home homeboy, home slice. Um, where'd that go? But yeah, his quote after the race, this team fights, we worked on the car all race, we never stopped trying to find that speed. Uh, his crew chief, Drew, made a good call and strategy, and that gained us a lot of positions in track position. We had to overcome the penalty late, but we got back to where we were. We go to Atlanta, a huge weekend for us, and uh, so we studied this race and get focused on Atlanta. Um, so going into Atlanta... Uh, where did I write that down? Oh, okay. Uh, McDowell's made 10, 10 starts in Atlanta in his career, His but his best result is... Was it 24th? 24th? 20, yeah. 24th twice. He finished 24th there last year and in uh, 2018. Um, he has never finished on the lead lap at Atlanta in 10 starts. Um, He's got a hill, hill to climb next week. <laughs> well, I mean, we'll, we'll see. Um, but we'll, we'll find out where he'll start on Wednesday. Um, so, all right. I guess that, yeah. That's, that's been McDowell Watch for uh, race number five at Phoenix Raceway. All right, Crow, so this weekend we're going to Atlanta, uh, 1.5-mile track in Hampton, Georgia. Uh, what, what do you know about Atlanta? 
Um, I know that it is hot. I know that they had a hockey team there that was well-loved, but didn't last very long. The Wild, right? Was no, the I, I think that... I think it may have become oh, the, the Wild. Oh, no, Thrashers. The yeah, Thrashers. yeah. That's yeah. the Yeah, but that's why uh, I believe it's... Uh, Lil John is a big hockey fan, and he's a partial owner of the Vegas Golden Knights. And that's what he got into hockey because of the Atlanta Thrashers. Is Little John a rapper? Yes. Okay. All right. <laughs> or as he would say it, yeah. Oh, that's him. Yes. That's him. Okay. Okay. I understood that reference. <laughs> All right. So uh, no, Atlanta Motor Speedway. It's basically the oldest concrete pavement uh, in the in the in the series, it has not been repaved since the track was reconfigured into its trioval format in 1997. The oldest concrete pavements in the sport are uh, Atlanta Motor Speedway and Fontana Motor Speedway, which was also which opened in 1997. The actual oldest oldest surface uh, in the Cup Series, anyway, is uh, Dover. Uh, it it switched to concrete um, in 1990. Five, I believe. So, but yeah, we're getting, it'll be the 550 horsepower package. Um, so it might look similar to Las Vegas. Um, it doesn't have the sweeping turns that that Vegas has. Um, but drivers love Atlanta Motor Speedway because of its aged service. Um, it, ma- it made for some. Atlanta had some wild finishes in, in the you know the early 2000s, um, including uh, Dale Earnhardt's 75th win. Uh, Kevin Harvick's first win, uh, uh, Carl Edwards' first win in 2005 over Jimmy Johnson, uh, but it really hasn't been those kind of finishes lately. Um, I, I wish this race had was actually the 750 horsepower package instead. Um, but hey, uh, we we were proven wrong at Vegas, and we were somewhat proven wrong at, at Homestead. So maybe we can go three for three on expectations. Hopefully. <laughs> but um, one one of the favorites t- to win this race will be Kevin Harvick. Uh, Kevin Harvick's won two the last three years at uh Atlanta. Uh, after going basically seventeen eighteen years without winning there, he got like I said, he got his first win there in two thousand one, and then didn't win there again until three years ago. Yeah. Yeah, his first, his second win there was in 2018, and then he won there again last year. Um, but Kevin Harvick is on anything but a hot streak. But while he does have four top tens, which is ties him for the most in the series this year, he hasn't led a lap since Daytona. Um, he led 17 laps at uh, Daytona and hasn't led since. Um, that is his fewest laps led. At this point in the season, through five races since 2013, when he only led one lap, um, and that was his final year with Richard Childress Racing. So yeah, he he's uh, th- that team needs something, even though they're running up front. They're not they have, they're not showing winning speed. One would have thought that they'd be able to show that off at Phoenix, but he was never a factor. Any uh, that, that's kind of I I think the what should be the main headline going into this race is what can Harvick do. So. That's that's who I'll be watching. Um, we'll find out where he starts on Wednesday. Yeah, it, so. looks, it looks like uh, um, Brad Kozlowski has won 
he won in t- 2019 and 2017. Yeah. Um, so two, two so, yeah, two drivers have won last four races at Atlanta. Yeah, and then there's two Jimmy Johnsons, uh, Casey Kane, uh, Kyle Busch, Denny Hamlin, and that's it for active drivers for a little bit. Maybe we'll have a good uh, good race to see who can make it three times in the last five years between uh, Harvick and Kozlowski. Well, no, yeah, okay, I'm just looking at it now. Yeah, Harvick, Kozlowski, uh, Johnson's no longer active. Neither is Casey King, so Kyle Busch, Denny Hampton, uh Kurt Busch won in 2010 and 2009. So, yeah, there's... Oh, that's it, yeah, so only five active drivers in the Cup Series have won in Atlanta. And like I said at the start... Um, so far, every driver who's won this year has got their first win at each track. So with only five active winners, that leaves a lot of candidates on the table to get their first win at this track. And uh, so far so far through the season, every driver crew chief combination that's won, combined, they've only won six races actually together. Uh, Sunday's win by Truex was only his second with crew chief James Small. So... Um, and if anyone is going to break that weird streak at the start of the year, you would want think it'd be Harvick and uh, Rodney Childers. They're basically the winningest active crew chief combo. But yeah, they're right. Yeah, Childers and, and, uh, Chil- Childers and Harvick, they have 35 wins together since they first uh, joined forces in 2014 on the number four car. So uh, there's been a lot, lot of crew chief swapping over the last few years. So to where it's basically Kevin Harvick and Roddy Childers, who are the longest tenured and the most successful pairing, still going from the last few years. Uh, before, before that, you had uh, Adam Stevens and Kyle Busch on the number 18, 18 team, and they you know they got two championships together, but now they're no longer together, and. Um, you know, in the off season last year, Team Penske swapped all three of their driver crew chief combinations. So, and all three of them actually uh, won last year. So, so far, that's working out for them. But yeah, going into Atlanta, race number six. This is actually going to be the latest in the year that there's been a race at Atlanta in quite a while. Um, after many years of either being the second race of the year or the fourth or fifth. So now it's race number six. So, um, what, what 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 questions do you have ahead of Atlanta, girl? None really. Just I'm just hopeful that we this streak of good racing continues. Yeah, I mean, um, like, there, there we had a variety of leaders at Phoenix. Like, even though Joey Logano led a bunch of laps, it, it never it, you you saw Truex uh, swoop in there towards the end and get it. So. Even though even though Logano dominated this race, Larson dominated Vegas, Byron dominated Homestead, it n- none of the races felt like they've been the show was stunk up. If you know what I mean? Yeah. So the, yeah, we haven't been I haven't been sitting around on Sunday going, oh man, can someone please take this guy down or something? Yeah, I was not expecting this start to the year, which has just been pretty refreshing. So hopefully, as as I've been using on Twitter, hopefully you know hashtag Keep NASCAR Weird. Hopefully that will um, keep keep it up this weekend. I think that's it for this episode of Driving the Hammer. 
uh, you can reach out to us on Twitter. Uh, you can find me at Daniel McFadden, all one word, M-C-F-A-D-I-N, if you don't already know it by now. Where, where can they find you, Crow? I'm on Twitter at DTH Crow, and as I said last week, I will be adding more NASCAR content um, as my schedule normalizes. <laughs> But yeah, you, you can also find our, our content at dropping youtube.com slash Dan McFadden. Uh, I just published uh, a few days ago uh, my interview with John Hunter Nemechek, uh, the most recent winner in the, in the NASCAR Truck Series, ahead of uh, going to um, the, their next race here in Atlanta. So uh, you can check that out and all of my other videos and excerpts of the videos. So like, and sh- like subscribe, and share, please, so we can spread the word there. And you can email us at danielmcfadden at gmail.com. If you have any questions or comments, please don't forget to like this podcast wherever you're listening to it. Subscribe. Did I, did I miss anything in that pitch, Crow? Oh, oh, be, be sure be sure to watch. Be sure to read my columns at frontstretch.com. I have one publishing uh, basically Tuesday. Uh, we're recording this Monday. Um, so, yeah, I have one on Denny Hamlin basically leading the Cup Series points, despite not winning so far. So, um, you can check that out. Anyway, uh, I'm Dale McFadden, along with my good friend Crow. Uh, Talk to you again next week. See ya.